0: As I shared already, today is Church Family Appreciation Sunday here at Greece Assembly. I love how the Apostle Paul opened his letter to the Philippians. I've adopted it for today. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And that's my heartfelt sentiment today. I thank my God upon every remembrance remembrance of you today is part one of a two-part sermon series entitled the greatest a certain teacher of the law asked jesus a question look at verses 36 through 40 teacher which is the great commandment in the law Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Gracious Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, our savior. Thank you for our comforter, our helper, our teacher, the Holy Spirit, who you've sent to guide and lead us in your truth. And I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would speak to all of our hearts today through your word, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have the idea that the Old Testament is all about external rights and and rules, I want to encourage you to let this soak in. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your heart. Jesus answers the question of this lawyer. Not a lawyer who who might represent you before a judge or, or counsel you in a legal manner. This lawyer was an expert in Old Testament law. The Old Testament laws are the laws that God gave to the Israelites through Moses. In the New Testament, in John chapter 1, verse 17, John writes, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The Old Testament law has three main divisions. Number one, civil, civil. The civil laws deal with disputes between individuals. Number two, ceremonial. The ceremonial laws expired with the fulfillment of the priestly work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And thirdly, the third division is moral. There's no expiration because it is based on God's holy character. This expert in Old Testament law was a Pharisee, a teacher of the law. There were over 600 laws. Many scholars agree that there were 613 laws. This certain lawyer asked Jesus, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him in response, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus here in today's main scripture text Quotes from the Old Testament passage found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. We're talking about a personal, spiritual relationship with Almighty God, a holy God formed by faith and characterized by love. And it's right here in the Old Testament. The law wasn't just about right and rules, it was about a relationship with the living God. The gospel reminds us of the central place of these words in the scriptures. This teacher of the law asked Jesus, of all the commandments, and there were 613. Which is the most important one? Which is the greatest? Of everything God has said, what matters most? What is it that God wants of me? What is it that God wants of of you, of all of us here today? Jesus answered the most important one, the greatest one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. I pray this gets into our hearts here today, deep in our hearts today. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that God says to you, all that he calls you to do can be summed up in these two things. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. 24 years ago, as I transitioned from serving as the youth pastor to the role of senior pastor, I was praying one day. I asked the Lord, what should be my main focus as I pastor the church? We were facing some trying times. We were in a trying season. I asked the Lord... What should my main focus be as I pastor the church? And pressed on my heart that day was loving God, loving people. Loving God, loving people has been my guiding principle for the last 24 years as I've pastored Greece Assembly of God and it's a beautiful honor And I give God all the glory. I love you. I love serving with you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everything that God says to you, all that he calls you to do can be summed up in these two things. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole of life. Everything we do as Christ followers comes into focus in our vertical relationship with a holy God and our horizontal relationship with one another, with other people. People saved by grace and in constant need of grace. Did you hear that church? Saved by grace and in constant need of grace. I've been saved by grace and I'm in constant need of grace. And guess what? You've been saved by grace and you're in constant Need of grace. The person sitting beside you has been saved by grace. It is in constant need of grace. How important it is for us not to forget that. Church, if we love God most, we will love each other best. The Ten Commandments, which were given in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, lay out what loving God and loving people looks like. The first four commands tell us what it means to love God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The last six commands spell out what it means to love your neighbor, honor your father and mother, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false testimony, don't, cover what, don't covet what God has given your neighbor. What a beautiful world we would have if we would just love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. The 10 commandments tell us what it means to live a life of loving God and loving people. They spell it out for us. God spells it out for us. Martin Luther's analysis of the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, the book Jesus quotes from in today's main scripture text, says it is an exposition of the Ten Commandments. Chapters 6 through 18 apply the first four commandments. They explain what it means for God's people to love Him. These chapters deal with true worship and keeping from idols. Chapters 19 through 26 apply to the last six commandments. They explain what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. These chapters deal with murder, unfaithfulness in marriage, business dealings, and so much more. Chapters 27 through 34 talk about the blessings that are experienced when these commands are obeyed and the curses um, that are experienced when these commands are disobeyed. You can say that the whole, te- the, the, the whole Old Testament book of, of Deuteronomy that Jesus quotes from is an exposition of, of love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, we read, God is love. God is love. And God's people are called to a life of love. I encourage you to read the whole book of Deuteronomy in the next week or two. The commandments tell us what this love looks like, what it means to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That is why love is the fulfillment of the law. The Apostle Paul, he writes in Romans chapter 13, verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The law is an explanation of what love is. If you love God with all your heart and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you will have done all that God commands you to do. Loving God, loving one another. In Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, hear, O Israel the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Moses here is speaking to Israel and he describes the Lord as their God. You see, God sets apart the Israelites from the nations that surrounded them. They were preparing to enter the promised land, a land where there were many pagan gods, false gods. The one true creator God affirmed his uniqueness before sending his people in Canaan. He is God alone. Can I hear a big amen? There is no other God. Can I hear a big amen? The Israelites are God's people because God has chosen them. They are God's people not because they have made God theirs, but because God has made them his. Nations choose their gods, but God has chosen this nation. And Psalms 33:12 says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He has chosen as His own inheritance." Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse six says, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples, for you were the least of all peoples. When we begin to understand these truths, it helps us to understand all that's happening in the Middle East. They are God's people because God has redeemed them. In Deuteronomy, Moses says, I paraphrase, look at what God has done for you. In Deuteronomy chapter six, verse 12, Moses says, do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of slavery. When your son asked you, tell him, we were slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out. It was because the Lord loved you that he redeemed you from the land of slavery. When your son asks, be sure, don't forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of slavery. Like the Israelites in Egypt, Egypt a type of the world, Jesus Christ brought us out of slavery, amen? The grip of sin's power. The power of sin and death. They are God's people, the Israelites, because God has made a covenant with them. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 2, Moses writes, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. God had called these people. Church, God had called these people to himself forever in a unique covenant that goes back to the promise he made Abraham in the very first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 12, verses two and three. I will make you into a great nation and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so this command to love God with all your heart is not given to God's enemies, but to God's friends. This is important. This command is given to the people he has chosen, the people he has redeemed from slavery, the people to whom he has pledged his promises, the people he is leading into the promised land. God does not call his enemies to love him. For the simple reason, they cannot do it. God calls calls his enemies to repent and believe the gospel. God calls his enemies to be reconciled to him, but to his redeemed people, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. You see, the message to our unbelieving friends or to our rebellious children is not, love the Lord your God with all your heart. They can't do that in their present state of heart. Our message to the world is not love the Lord your God with all your heart. Our message is repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. But to those who do repent and believe, God says love the Lord your God with all your heart. How many have repented and believed in the good news of Jesus Christ? How many? God says to you, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Moses writes in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This portion of scripture is one of the most important prayers contained in the Bible and is one we see the Hebrew people repeat over and over throughout the Old Testament scriptures. It is a powerful prayer and one with a lot of meaning packed into just a few words. It's called the Shema, which is the Hebrew word hear or listen. It's spelt, the Hebrew word is spelled S-H-E-M-A. It means hear or listen. Fathers taught it to their children growing up. It is the centerpiece of the last speech Moses gave to the Israelites before they went down into the promised land. The Shema became a prayer. The Israelites prayed twice a day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The Hebrew word, For love means to have affection toward someone. But biblically speaking, love is more than sentiment. It is also action. The Lord commands us to love him with all our heart. Fill in the blank, number one on your outline, heart. In the Shema, Israel, is supposed to respond to God's love by showing love to him in return. And just like God's love, we show human love um, for God by how we treat the people around us. A people saved by grace, always in need of grace on this side of heaven. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments my commandments. What are Jesus' commandments? Well, they're found right here in today's main scripture text. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Loving God Loving people. Love God, love people. We are to love God and one another with our whole heart. That doesn't come naturally, it only happens supernaturally. God, who is love, supernaturally fills our heart with Himself. Paul, right into the church in Corinth, says, did you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you? What a miracle, a miracle of grace. God, who is love, lives in every follower of Christ. It's a miracle of grace, a divine miracle. It's supernatural. Live, spelled L-E-V, it's a Hebrew word, but it's pronounced live, means heart in Hebrew. And it wasn't a body part to the Israelites. They had a broader understanding of heart than our culture today does. They thought of the heart as the place where you think and make sense of the world, where you feel emotions The place where you make choices. When Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, the Hebrew audience understood. They understood what he was saying. In the Old Testament, in Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23, the Hebrews were instructed, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your affection, with all your intellect, with all your emotions, and with all your choices. And boy, do we make a lot of choices in this life. Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your affections, with all your intellect, with all your emotions, and with all your choices We are to love God not only with all our heart, but we are also commanded to love him with all our soul too. Number two on your outline. Soul. The Hebrew word for soul could also be translated life. A living, breathing, physical being. In the Shema, To love the Lord with your soul is to offer your entire being with all its capabilities, with all its limitations. It's a command to love the Lord with all your years. Make commitments that will use what God has given you in ways that show you love him. People see that you love your family. People see that you love your work. People see that you love the Buffalo Bills. Let me ask this question today. What are you doing that makes it obvious that you love Jesus? To love Him with your whole soul is to love the Lord with all of your life, all of your being. Don't let your years slip away. Make the most of today for the glory of God. Don't let your gifts and talents lay wasted. We're commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and number three, with all of our strength. The Hebrew word for strength literally means your very munchness, munchness. It's an adverb that intensifies the meaning of other words. While it may sound funny, to love God with all your strength means to love Him with your muchness. M U C H N E S S, muchness. With everything you have, devoting every possibility, devoting every opportunity devoting every capacity to honor God, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus spoke to a man who had great muchness. He had lived a moral life and felt that he had kept all the commandments, no murders, no adultery, no stealing and he has cared for his father and mother. The man thought he had kept the law, but Jesus brings him to see that he has missed the point. He has missed the main point. The whole point of the law is this. Love God with all your heart and soul and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus challenges this young man to love God and his neighbor with his muchness. Jesus says, here's what you can do. Go sell all you have, go sell your muchness. Give your muchness to the poor and come follow me. Jesus was saying, you are living a moral life and you think this fulfills the commands, but you have missed the point. You love your muchness more than you love God. Your muchness is the idol in your life. The human heart is an idol factory. You see, an idol is anything more important to you than God, it's turning a good thing into an ultimate thing. Hmm. An idol is that thing in your life that you look at and say, if I can only obtain that, my life will be fulfilled and I will have peace and happiness. Church, those visiting today, that is a demonic lie. Because the only way we can find true purpose and happiness in life is through a relationship with God the creator not creation so what happened when Jesus said go sell what you have and give to the poor Matthew 19 says when the young man heard that saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions That is what happens with people who love their muchness more than they love the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you doing with your muchness? What is Pat Medeiros doing with his muchness? You see, the way we use our muchness reflects what we love. What are we doing? with our muchness that has been given to us by the hand of God. How are we using it to reflect our love for God and for others? Christians are commanded to love God with all their heart, to love God with all their soul, and to love God with all their strength. How are you doing in the love department? How am I doing in the loving God, loving people department? 35 years ago, I was given my first opportunity to preach. In fact, many of you know John Gundon, the Gundon family, dear friends. They were here last weekend to celebrate uh, the wedding of Grace and Patrick. God used Johnny Gundon in my life. Gave me my first invitation to preach. In fact, provided me the, the first opportunity to join a a church staff but i remember laying in kneeling beside my single bed in my apartment in charlotte north carolina so scared that i said yes to johnny and i remember kneeling there beside my bed and praying Asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me say? What should I preach? And impressed in my heart was this question Who or what is your first love? Who or what is your first love? My first message I ever preached was from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. Who or what is your first love? And so I prayed and I studied and I prepared and and I I prayed and 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 the day arrived. And when I stood behind that pulpit and opened up the bread of life and began to feed the young people the word of God, I began to see the Holy Spirit take the word of truth and work it deep in their hearts. What a beautiful time around the altar that night on a Wednesday night and A handful of young people committed their lives for the very first time to Christ as they thought about the question, who or what is your first love? That was my first sermon ever preached 35 years ago. And I asked that question, today. Who or what is your first love? In John chapter 21, verse 16, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Simon, Peter, do you love me? His response. Well, oh, yes, Lord. Simon Peter, do you love? Yes, Lord. Simon Peter, do you love? Yes, Lord. Can you picture the Lord Jesus Christ looking deep into your soul and asking you that question? I have a slide with a blank with that question. Can you put it up on the screen for me, please? You can write your name. Pat, do you really, really love me? Pat, do you really, really love me? Can you picture the Lord Jesus Christ looking deep into your soul and asking you that question. I have redeemed you, Pat. I went to the cross for you, Pat. My body was broken for you, Pat. My blood was shed for you, Pat. You see, loving God is learned at the cross. If the worship team could make their way out, please. While in prayer and study for today's message, I was brought to the hymn. In fact, I was brought to this hymn. Yesterday, I was here alone and in prayer for today's worship gathering. And as I was praying and just meditating on God's word, I was brought to the old classic hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. As I began to read through the verses, I found myself so overwhelmed by the presence of a loving God who gave his muchness to save a mess like me, in a mess like you. The Bible says we've all sinned. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but lost and poor contempt on all my pride. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. When this teacher of the law asked Jesus, what is the greatest? What is the greatest commandment of them all? He answered, love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength.